Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. My name is Eric Wicklin, and I'm the Technology and Innovations Editor here at Health Leaders. Today, we're talking to Dr. Deanna Willis, a physician and professor at the Indiana University School of Medicine, about new advances in Alzheimer's detection and screening. While the big news of late has been about the Lakembi drug and updates on CMS coverage, healthcare organizations are using new technology that aims to improve upon care and treatment for this horrible chronic condition. Uh, Hello, Deanna. Hi, Eric. It's great to be here today. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Let's get right into this. Um, You've launched a new pilot program that takes an innovative approach to screen people for Alzheimer's. Tell me a little bit about this program. Yeah, boy, we've been so fortunate to be able to work with the Davos Alzheimer's Collaborative, uh, which is a worldwide um, consortium uh, that has um, allowed us to be one of the flagship sites, uh, one of the two flagship sites here in the United States. Um, And so uh, we're part of the Indiana University, Indiana University Health flagship of the Davos Alzheimer's Collaborative. Now, what's involved in this collaborative? Um, The collaborative um, is part of the um, World Economic Forum CEOI um, effort to um, have a multi-year approach to um, early detection um, in Alzheimer's disease. And our flagship program is part of the health system preparedness part of the Davos Alzheimer's Collaborative, where we're really looking at Um, How can we help health systems be ready for um, and understand what it's going to take to do early detection in real clinical practice across the world? Hmm. Uh, What kind of technologies are you using now for, for, for analysis and detection? We have been so fortunate to partner with Linus Health um, and use uh, their um, core cognitive evaluation product, which is a digital cognitive assessment um, that uses artificial intelligence to um, do an iPad-based brief assessment in the clinics that we've implemented in primary care clinics. Um, to identify people who are um, at uh, at most risk or um, at highest risk of um, mild cognitive impairment. Um, and how does this technology differ from what you used to do? We used to use a pencil and paper evaluation <laughs> like many pri- private primary care practices across the country. So yeah, this is this is certainly a, a an upgrade. Then it's really been amazing, and um, it's it's pretty powerful to see someone that is as a clinician who's sitting in front of you, a patient that you've known for a long time. You feel like you know them incredibly well. When they come into the office, they're well-spoken. You have a lovely visit with them. You talk about all sorts of things and you look at this person and you talk to this person and your clinical judgment is that this person is cognitively normal and not experiencing any myocognitive impairment. And you give them the digital cognitive assessment device and it comes back 
borderline or it comes back as um, being abnormal. And it's kind of shocking. And when you first start doing it, it's really like, can this be correct? And then as you kind of dig in and use some of the power of the the tools and really um, the you know, the the reporting and the capability that Linus has in, in showing us, like, you know, what happened during that assessment and what does that really look like? You realize, wow, um, no, this is correct. And it's it's amazing to realize that your clinical judgment isn't picking up those subtle cues as well as maybe you thought or wanted it to. And that's why it's so important with early detection, because by the time someone um, can come to the office to complete a structured patient encounter with their doctor um, that they've done a hundred times over a period of many years and they know exactly what it's going to look like and they can talk about things from years ago with their doctor that they feel connected on and is part of their long-term memory, not their short-term memory, and they can appear completely normal. By the time that doesn't look normal any longer, we've missed so much opportunity in terms of early detection. Yeah, yeah. So this technology is enabling you to to catch Alzheimer's earlier with, with patients. Absolutely. And when I, as a clinician, have the bias that my patient in front of me is normal and I'm doing a paper pencil test that involves me subjectively assessing that paper pencil evaluation, um, I'm going to my my bias is that I'm going to interpret something as normal that may have some subtle cues that it's not um, just because of that natural bias and inclination um, to judge it positively. Now, are there other benefits to using this technology aside from early detection? Absolutely. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about the iPad and, and a digital cognitive assessment is you can literally put it in front of the patient and walk out of the room and um, continue doing other work and come back when it's done. And um, Linus has been an amazing partner in the sense that, um, you know, have really responded to the feedback that our frontline clinicians have have provided about this needs to be shorter, this needs to be shorter. And they made it shorter. And literally like every piece of feedback we gave, they they turned it around. And uh, we really feel like, um, uh, you know, that um, it's, it's able to be integrated in our busy primary care practices. And um, it's been pretty awesome. What are the challenges to using this type of technology? You know, I think that um, in primary care, um, you know, there are, so many things that a primary care doctor needs to do in a 15-minute appointment. Um, the patient comes in with what they want to talk about and their needs. Uh, they have chronic health conditions and things about those chronic health conditions that we as a provider view that we need to address. They have preventative care needs. They have um, needs that the greater health system um, have us need to address um, from a quality or population-based standpoint. And so all of these things have to fit into a 15-minute visit that has great patient satisfaction and allows us to do a physical exam and allows us to write prescriptions and order tests and consults and all of that. And so, you know, when a technology company comes to a primary care doctor and says, you know, it's only going to take two minutes, it's only going to take three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, 
Um, and the primary care doctor looks at them and says, uh, yeah, no, uh, that's not going to work for me. Um, it's hard to imagine why, but when you think about it, it's really not hard to imagine why, because at the end of the day, if it's a 15 minute encounter and there's all these things that have to be done, two minutes is a long time. It's a big percent of that visit. Um, and so everything has to be high value add. Everything has to be completely efficient um, in order to, for it to be effectively integrated. Yeah. And it sounds like this type of tool, it, you mentioned it can be used by primary care providers. Is this something different? Is this, you know, did these type of evaluations used to be handled by specialists? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the beautiful things about this is that um, many, many patients never go to any physician and voice a concern about their cognitive um, abilities. Um, in primary care, when we do do a screening, like in the annual wellness visit, we often miss those subtle cues. And many, many patients who are eligible for annual wellness visits don't ever get them. Um, and so when we are doing population-based screening, like at those visits, we're um, missing it. Um, and when a patient does come into the primary care doctor and voice a concern about mild cognitive impairment, um, not all of those patients get a structured assessment. Um, and it, even if they do, and even if it comes back abnormal, many of those patients don't ever decide to go on to a specialist to get a further evaluation. So the importance of doing early detection in primary care is that as the medical home for that patient, the place where that patient is most likely to get care for all of their conditions, the place where they're most likely to voice a concern about their um, cognitive abilities and the place where they're most likely to get detected, we've got to equip that with the fullest capability and function that we can um, in order for the patient to have the best understanding of where the gap might be or what the concern might be and evaluate that concern as effectively as we can. We also know that specialists who manage mild cognitive impairment and who care for patients with Alzheimer's disease and other related dementias um, there aren't enough of them, and the backlogs are long all across the country. And so if we just start sending all these patients to specialists, nobody's going to end up getting the care that they need because they're never going to get in. And so somehow we've got to figure out how to do this in primary care and do as much of it in primary care as we can. That's what we set out to do. Nice. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything that has surprised you about how you're using this technology or how it's working for you? Yeah, you know, I think the thing that was most surprising to me was this whole concept of how the artificial intelligence somehow has this sensitivity that is unparalleled and the ability of the AI um, uh, um, technology behind the product, mm -hmm. allowing um, to integrate things like how fast is the pen moving when the person draws the clock draw test, right? Mm -hmm. How um, 
you know, how do they pace their progress around the clock? Um, how do they organize the way that they complete that assessment? All of that information's incorporated into determining whether or not this patient has a normal borderline or abnormal assessment. And that provides such a deeper understanding of that patient's cognitive abilities, it just blows me away um, <laughs> to be able to watch a video of the patient drawing that clock and seeing like this is very different from another patient drawing the clock because even when they draw it in the exam room and even if I sit there and watch them draw it on a paper test, it somehow isn't nearly as profound because there's so much else going on that I'm paying attention to in that environment. Yeah. And now all of this information goes into the patient record afterwards? Correct. So that that report's going to go into that the patient record um, and uh, be part of their of their record, um, and we're um, you know really trying to figure out like how do we how do we capture the value of the depth of this and really help let that information cross into the specialist um, realm when that patient if that patient does have mild cognitive impairment and ends up seeing that specialist um, to determine whether or not they're eligible for these new um, disease modifying therapies. Nice. Yeah. Now you're 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 getting used to this technology, uh, specifically for Alzheimer's detection and treatment. Do you see uh, other ways that this technology can be used for other populations or to to treat other or to diagnose or analyze other conditions? Absolutely. You know, I think that um, that's the amazing thing with technology like this is that um, once once you have a technology that um, that works in this way, it becomes really powerful to think about how to how to apply it in other areas. And I could imagine a a whole host of things that it could be useful for. Um, we see, um, you know, in, in primary care, we see a lot of patients with concussions, as an example. And when a patient comes in that thinks they might have a concussion, again, I've got a paper pencil assessment that takes a long time to complete. And there's a whole lot of patients who come in who, um, you know, have a who who leave a primary care doctor's office and don't have a structured assessment and um you know and I'm there's I'm not saying that this should be used in concussion by any stretch of the imagination but when I think about you know the possibilities of having something like this that you know might be able to be demonstrated to be effective in replacing our patient per pencil evaluation for things like that it is um, it's it's really powerful to me, and um, I can I can think of many conditions that might ha have similar applicability. Yeah, it sounds like being able to use this technology, and it's it's be it's becoming so intuitive now that uh, primary care providers can use this technology for a for a wide range of new services, and it it, it can really help a primary care provider become more. Uh, understand or proficient maybe or 
it, it gives you more opportunity to, to stay with your patients as opposed to sending them on to a, a specialist or, or just, you know, there's more that can be done within that, uh, that, that primary care visit now that, that can really help you. Yeah, I mean, the name of the game in primary care right now is team-based. And, you know, primary care um, and healthcare in general, but primary care specifically is no longer about a doctor. It's about a team of people who wrap around a patient um, to meet their healthcare needs and help them be healthy and functional um, to every extent possible. And that team um, isn't just in the doctor's office anymore either. That team stretches beyond the physician office, stretches into their home, stretches into their community. Um, and that's when we really start making a difference in the health of the public. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, specifically with as Alzheimer's detection and treatment, what more would you like to do with this technology? Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think that one of the really cool things that hopefully um, over time we're going to start to see is what does it look like to do serial assessments over a period of years for patients using this technology? And um, how does, once we've, once we've done that, how does that multi- longitudinal assessment inform us better about their cognitive progression over time and what value can we capture from that and how can we inform their healthcare and their healthcare decisions um, through that process as well. That is such an exciting area from my perspective to see what this technology can do and how it can be used um, and is just as exciting to me as thinking about how this technology might someday be applied um, to other health conditions. Yes, it, it sounds fascinating. And so IU is one of two health systems in the country working on this type of partnership? Um, there, uh, the um, Davos Alzheimer's Collaborative um, Health mm -hmm. System Preparedness flagship sites, there are seven sites worldwide and two in the United States. And so Indiana University, Indiana University Health is one of those two in the United States. Yeah. And the technology you're using is, is through Linus. Linus Health Core Cognitive Evaluation, Digital nice. Cognitive Assessment. Nice. Yeah. OK. Well, uh, Deanna, thank you very much for, for joining us today for the podcast. This is uh, an interesting way that digital health technology is, is helping to, to improve chronic care detection and management, really. An exciting time, and it's gonna. It's pretty neat to see uh, where it's headed, and it'll be exciting to see uh, what comes of it. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We will be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.